Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar along with Dr. Ken Wyant from Tennessee Tech University College of Business. Um, we have um, spent quite a bit of time talking in recent shows about uh, running a business and managing a business and actually um, getting involved with some of the management techniques and all that. But, of course, all business depends on getting more customers or clients or patients if it's a professional practice. So what we want to try to do today is get your butt in gear. I guess that's the easy way to say it. It doesn't matter if you're an inventor, a retailer, a wholesaler, a manufacturer, a service business, a heart surgeon, a veterinarian, a creative genius, or a lawyer. It really doesn't matter if you have a top-notch sales ability or team um, as long as you are doing the other things that are uh, called upon to be in charge. Um, so w w if, if, you d if you don't have enough people paying for your products and services, um, you're going to have a problem. Can you think that's true? Or? I think so. <laughs> but looking wouldn't at I just, me a little skeptically uh, there. I wasn't. Well, no, I think then I'd just put up another billboard in town and we're covered. <laughs> ah, there we go. Um, so where do we start? Um, w one of the things that uh, Ken and I were talking about um, before we got here in little practice uh, discussions w was the fact that most people who own or operate a business tend to not have a terrifically good impression of what their customers really want. And, and, and that's due in part because they don't ask. It's also due in part because when they do ask, they're asking customers, um, and they are a little defensive because it's their business, and that's normal. That's like asking whether somebody likes your kids. And so, so you're, you're saying <laughs> I, I can't just sit down in the waiting room and start uh, yeah. uh, talking with my customers and get the information it doesn't, that It way. doesn't work, unfortunately, because – and also, a lot of customers are not going to tell the truth to somebody who they know is the owner uh, of a business. Um, so there are all kinds of variables in there. And then, of course, the, the convenience of memory loss, uh, that sort of thing. So you get back to the drawing board most of the time with false input. And that's really not very helpful to the business, and it ends up costing a great deal of money. Well, um, of course, we always have to spend money, and so one way to, to do that, to spend money so that it is meaningful, is to use what is referred to in business as a focus group. Focus groups typically have seven or nine or 11 different people involved, and odds, odd numbers tend to work best because uh, disagreements can come to the surface. So it's nice if you ever have to get into a position of voting and say, well, who thinks this or who thinks that? At least you'll have it uh, uh, leaning in one direction or another. Existing clients, customers, or patients are generally good people to engage in a focus group about a business or a professional practice because you're asking them really what their experience is as a customer or as a patient or as a client and um, but it's not that simple. As the owner, wouldn't I want to be there to be able to ask some follow-up questions? Well, I've done focus groups with owners present, and um, I got very sore ribs <laughs> from <laughs> from from being poked all the time by the owner. Um, it is it's very difficult, and it's it's also not true. And you get you get a lot of comments that are warped in a sense because people aren't saying what they really think because there's the boss sitting there, you know, and that's the guy who uh, they are the customers of. And so nobody wants to hurt anybody's feelings or 
say something that might be a little off-center. So it's really best to not have the owner or the manager or the boss be present, but instead to hire somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, you want to recruit people who come to the sessions as as honest and outspoken supporters, um, but that they speak their minds. And so it's probably best that you're not there if you're running the business. It, you have to depend on somebody else, but then that's what you pay for is that, that person's skill or ability. Um, and, um, of course, you don't have that issue in a classroom so much, I guess, but uh, probably um, I, I know that your business experience, you probably uh, have run across this. What do you, what's your take on this? Well, I think that uh, I've been a member of a focus group. Oh, you have? Okay. uh, Many times uh, in part of uh, a university setting is uh, in areas where there's a goal to uh, provide areas for improvement and to plan, uh, we would use a focus group, bring in a consultant to the focus group. And that is one of the... uh, um, um, consultants' uh, goals is to get us comfortable so that we are willing to right. speak what right. we're thinking and not worry that uh, the uh, administrator or the boss is there uh, watching everything we say and so that we can be honest and use that information in order to make things better. Well, being comfortable is really important. And unfortunately, this is another area that is very subject to prejudice in running a focus group is that a lot of business owners and managers have an, um, an interest in insisting that the focus group take place on their property or in their store or in their office or something like that. And that's not a good place. It, 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 um, it, it pre- creates a sense of prejudice. Um, people are not comfortable in that environment of saying something that might be a little critical of the business and they're sitting in the business's a boardroom, for example. Um, and so a lot of times it's going to be make more sense to really have it sort of off campus, I guess, is the way to say it, and um, out not in the office or not in the store where uh, where the focus group is intending to make a difference. So finding the right kind of location is important. Uh, I have found in the past that using a, a, a nearby a hotel uh, uh, a, a little meeting room in a hotel or a meeting room in some other facility. There are plenty of places around um, this area, for example, where I know there is space available and people can set up a meeting and have a meeting there very inexpensively. And it's going to be better to to do that. The results are better. So again, keeping this a pure environment and keeping the kinds of questions and and the ways of measuring the answers as pure as possible is going to make it the most useful information. Um, you you need someone to run this. That's really another critical uh, point. And we're going to talk about that in a minute as we come back. Uh, we're just going to take a quick break. So don't go away because you want to find out what kind of person we're going to need here. Okay. Welcome back to BusinessWorks. This is Hal and Ken, and we are talking about focus groups as a way to get more customers, more clients, more patients. It's finding out the truth of, of what really 
uh, outsiders think uh, about your business. And outsiders meaning they're not working for you or part of your, your work family. So you want to find out what customers think, what clients think, what patients think, what what prospective customers, clients, and patients think. And, and so depending on what it is that you're looking to determine, in other words, maybe you're looking to set up a marketing approach or you want to figure out a way to reorganize your business or a different way of dealing with people. Um, whatever your goal is, is that, we're going to talk about that in a minute. When we left you off for the break, we were about to approach the subject of what kind of an individual is best suited for um, dealing with this issue and running a focus group. And, and the determination that uh, we mentioned just before we left was that it's generally not a good thing to leave up to the boss. Um, Ken, we were talking about doing focus group studies on the campus, and so my version, my vision of that would be, you know, a, a group of teachers sitting in a room with a, one of the teachers teaching the focus group or running it. And um, what you're telling me sounds um, really perfect. Actually, they're going outside for that. And in, we would hire the best focus groups that we've had. We've actually hired a consultant who's. Uh, part of their background is professionally managing focus groups, strategic planning. Uh, they are, they have experience in educational settings, so they have a background to understand a little bit about our needs and, and our responsibilities. But they come in and then work to get us comfortable, get us, uh, part of their effort is to get us to be willing to state what we think uh, and then guide us through it. Now, I have a question is, uh, if I am the business owner, would I just sit down and write the questions I want you to ask as the, uh, as the consultant? Uh, not in my experience, that isn't a terrible thing, but the owner has to know for sure that I'm not going to ask them those questions. But by asking them to me as an individual who's going to run the group, it gives me insight about what it is that's most troubling to them. And, and the kinds of ways they express themselves. And so I might twist it around completely and make a totally new question out of it, and, and the owner would know that ahead of time, that I'm going to plan to do that, but that it helps to see what the owner is thinking about, or the owner, or the boss, or the manager, it depends on the circumstances. It gives more insight um, as to a direction to take. So in hiring a consultant or someone to do this, I would want to let them know what I'm worried about, what I think are the pros and the good things of oh, my yes. company. Absolutely. Uh, and what it is generally I'm trying to accomplish with it, um, but right. not necessarily write the questions that are going to be asked. Yes. Uh, and I mean, I've, I've had focus groups, for example, on whether or not to use uh, text messages for marketing purposes. Uh, whether or not the decor of a particular store was appropriate. Um, how customers were treated uh, with receipts, whether they were given a, like a ticker tape receipt that was like six foot long for 39 cent purchase <laughs> or, or if the receipts were all, you know, for, for $6,000 and they were all smeared and you really couldn't read them. Well, they have to put it in for taxes. You, you know, there are a lot of little, innuendos to running a business and those kinds of things uh, are just some of the I think they're kind of odd topics but they are things that have come up and so it can be a very specific 
set of questions or it can be a generic set of questions about what what are the best marketing vehicles to use or is whether this particular marketing vehicle vehicle is appropriate and does it work for you so you're saying a focus group could be to develop a marketing plan but it also could be uh, dealing with all aspects of our relationship with our absolutely. clients and customers customer service yes absolutely um, customer service of course is the is probably the key to it um, to all of this and so the best marketing in the world it doesn't much matter if people come into your place of business and they leave feeling that they didn't get very good service uh, in fact it'll work against them so th- there needs to be a cohesiveness between those two things and that customer service has got to be a payoff to the response that you get from doing good marketing and so all of these become issues for a focus group to address, and they um, generally are very helpful. You said you found um, the experience helpful uh, on the campus and in certain circumstances. Yes, I mean, there's certainly over the, my career, there's been a range of these types of focus groups. That's like 200 years, right, or something? That's something like career, that. Career, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least a portion. It's measurable in uh, 30-year increments. Uh and many, after a while, you start recognizing those that are well done and other, those that are that need some improvement in themselves. Um, but, uh, and many of them, sometimes they go in different directions as a, um, both, I've been on both sides as one, someone who is asking a moderator to work on our behalf and as uh, the, the customer. Uh, and many times they come out a little different than you think going in, but that is the purpose. So, so really, learning. yeah, this person that you're hiring to come in and do this function for you, you need to think of as kind of a coach. And and it's not that that person knows more than you about your business or anything of the kind. It is that that person is has a special skill of being able to pull together diverse interests to represent them as a stranger in a personable way to the people that he or she hand, help you to handpick to sit in these focus groups and in presenting the information in a way that is objective and that gets good objective responses that are useful to you. The moderators that I've felt the most comfortable with are those that that are effective in letting them letting me know they're like me as the customer. Right. Not as an expert of the business, but in uh, that they seem to understand some of the impressions that we might have from uh, our experiences or our goals within uh, within the organization. And those are the ones that seem to have asked the best uh, questions and lead the best discussions in order to get um, get the, the valuable information they're looking for. We're going to take another quick break here, and we'll be right back to you. So don't go away. We'll find out what uh, what Ken has to say about the rest of this. <laughs> don't go away. Welcome back to BusinessWorks. This is Hal and Ken, and we are still talking about focus groups and how they work, how they don't work, how to make them work, why they're good, why they're bad, and why are they productive in different ways than what the norm would seem to be, that people... Focus yeah. group, um, why wouldn't I just 
send out a survey oh, instead of survey. a focus group. The and survey says? <laughs> I can email it. I can text yeah. it. I can phone call it. Great. All That's automated. Right. Yeah, because The reason is because they don't work. <laughs> Surveys produce information that is not true and not accurate and can't be properly tabulated in conjunction with what the goal is. Because if you're looking to improve your customer service and people just check little boxes, you know, it's uh, from one to five, whether it's terrible or wonderful, you know, and they it doesn't matter what boxes they check, it's going to come back as meaningless. If, on the other hand, someone is looking you in the eye who you've you've been able to feel like friendly with and they are saying to you with a smile you know well tell you know what is, what's it really like to be uh you know a customer in this particular store or what you know do you, did do the do they really treat you special are you feeling like like you're getting away with something are you feeling like they're getting away with something are you just uncomfortable or what you know, tell me a little bit about what you think. And you're going to get a much different answer than somebody checking off a box. And you just mentioned something that was major difference from what I get with surveys is the questions are discussion questions. How did you feel? Tell me about how you felt. It's not here's five answers, choose one. It's open and says here in this experience, you know, what kinds of things did you notice that were good or not so good? And the conversation in the best um, uh, focus groups I've been in have been allowed within reason to uh, go in other directions. And with a good moderator, they're, they're, they're capturing right. a lot of information. Yeah while we're getting in some of these other directions well, that well, you don't get with just a multiple choice. Yeah, customer service is not automated. So unless you're having robots wait on you, no matter what you check in any box, isn't going to have any meaning or value. So if you're a business owner or manager and you want to get to the truth of uh, something and you want to know whether or not your people are performing the way you want them to, and that doesn't mean that you get information so you can hang them. <laughs> it means that you get information so you know where to improve the the kind of training uh, opportunities that you represent to them. And so the bottom line here is that uh, if if it's an automated business and you are you're ordering something by robot, it's going to be delivered by a robot, and you don't it doesn't matter to you. Um, then fine. Then you should just have a little survey punch card or something to fill out. But if if you've got actual people waiting on you and um, you're in a business setting of some kind or even on the telephone, if if those folks are not treating you um, as important as a customer, then that's not going to be reflected in a punch card or you know an automated uh, approach, but it will be in a discussion. There's another important part, at least in my thoughts to this. As the business owner, you need to be ready to aggressively evaluate the results and make change to make things better. I've Impl been through implement it. and implement yeah. the results of the focus group. The... The focus groups I remember being successful are those where, as a result of the focus group, change was made and it was noticeable and it was done within a, 
an appropriate amount of time. Well, it's because you end up hiring somebody who that's what they deal with, and they understand how to run a focus group. They understand how to get the right kind of answers out of people that are meaningful. They understand how to be personable, to be able to charm people into really saying what is inside them and telling the truth. there's There's a certain skill to that. And so it's not just the questions that are asked, it's how they're asked. It's not just the people who answer them, it's how they answer them. And so a good, a good focus group leader is going to be taking recordings, is going to be taking notes, is going to put those together uh, and, and be able to give feedback to the business owner or manager that's useful instead of uh, that's placating and maybe doesn't serve any real purpose. How would we go about finding a moderator for focus group. You could probably go on uh, Google and and uh, f- you know put in uh, focus group moderators. You can go look look on LinkedIn. Um, you'll see in uh, a number of profiles for people who are um, management or business consultants or coaches uh, or trainers. Those are categories that generally have. Uh, a good number of focus group leaders as part of that um, little package of kinds of services they offer. But you want somebody who, who, like I said, who can arrange and, and put these things together, who has the right questions, who is representing your interests as the owner or manager, um, and, and is providing you with straight-out output, uh, with recommendations about things you might think of doing after you get these results. Um, it's also someone who takes the trouble to plan this thing up front, to find the right kind of a room to have this group meeting in, to set a time for it, to send out invitations, and you need to have some little gift for each person. They're giving up time out of their lives or from their own jobs to sit down and help provide some input for your business. So it doesn't have to be anything elaborate or expensive, but, you know, I've had in situations giving people little house plants or, um, you know, little calendar books or things that, uh, you know, anyone can use, but that are a little different. We're just about uh, out of time here today, but we thank you very much for listening and um, would ask you that if you have questions, Please don't hesitate to send them in uh, by email to hal at businessworks, one word, dot U-S. Um, we'll be happy to see. Please put um, uh, 941 in your subject line and uh, mention if it's aimed or directed toward me or to Ken or both of us. And whether or not you want your name mentioned or not, we'll be happy to accommodate whatever your questions may be on an upcoming show. Thank you again for your time and attention. Have a wonderful day.